So three years ago, no, four years ago, as my time hop pictures reminded me of this morning, I was in Guinea, West Africa, um, hanging out with some missionary friends and getting to know them and their work and their family. And um, if you know anything about West Africa, one of the things you might know is that they have incredible fabrics and seamstresses and design work. And Solomon, we didn't even coordinate, but he's actually wearing a piece today from Kenya. There, we can have a model. There we go. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, they have just this exquisite seamstress kind of um, way of making their clothing. Everything is tailor-made. You go in to a shop and it's measured and hand uh, crafted for you. And this is the way of a lot of their different um, craftsmanships. That There's a master seamstress and a master baker and a master furniture maker. And everyone who comes and would like to learn from these masters, they are called apprentices. Um, in French, that's the French word for apprentice, as we can probably hear. So, apprenti. And that is where we're going today. So, this is some of the beautiful dresses that I got to see. So, Hannah, the daughter of uh, Lori there in the back, she decided one day that she wanted to be an apprenti of a master seamstress at 12. She wanted to learn how to sew. And so, she would begin to go every afternoon and sit at the feet of this master seamstress and she observed and watched and actually for many months I believe it was she was not even able to touch a sewing machine or get the scissors out and begin cutting she was actually only able allowed to sit and learn and watch and observe and get to know this master seamstress and she did that for many many months before she was then handed her first pair of scissors and given a measuring tape and given the ability to make some of these clothes and then sure enough after a little while Hannah actually made some clothes and that's the next picture Hannah's in the middle there, and that's her now sister-in-law. And she was able to learn under this master seamstress, learn her ways, learn her the, the way to cut, the way to make these lines straight and perfect. And she had a lot of trial and error, I'm sure, along the way. But she was able to make outfits. I believe this is one that she made. And this idea of apprenticing just really came to life for me in Guinea. Um, apprentice was kind of this like common word for learning under the tutelage, under the discipleship of someone who was well trained and now they were passing their craft on to the next person saying come and learn with me, learn my ways and pick up my mannerisms, become like what I do and then go and do what I have done. And so we've been in this series on the kingdom of God. This is actually our last day. Speaking of the kingdom of God, I mean, we'll probably continue this. The kingdom of God, we live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. I hope that that is sinking deep into us. We live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. His kingdom is not in trouble, and neither are we. And we are people that not only get to bear witness to the kingdom coming to earth, but we get to be people who bring the kingdom onto earth. And so last week, the last several weeks, we've talked about what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God and to not just be people who kind of know it in our heads, but who are people that live like we live in the kingdom of God right here in New York City and that we bring glimpses of it by just being the presence of God among the people that we come into interaction with. 
So I'm going to take this out. We talked last week about um, Jesus as an ambassador, as someone who was sent by the Father, sent to be an ambassador of the kingdom, and then that he called us to be ambassadors as well. And today we're not only ambassadors sent to be representatives of the kingdom, but we are first apprentices. And, and for the rest of our lives, we are apprentices, apprentices in the kingdom of God. And so we see in our passage today that there's just this major turning point happening in the book of Matthew as we've been walking through Matthew. This is a pivotal moment. Jesus has kind of been working solo up until this point. He has been raising the dead and healing uh, the blind and cleansing lepers and he was calming the storm just in chapter 9. He calmed the storm. He healed two blind men. He restored a woman to healing and restored a girl to life. All these things that Jesus had been doing up until until now, he was pretty much working on his own. And at this point, this is the turning point in chapter 10, he calls his disciples to him and he says, guess what? You're not only gonna watch what I do, I'm going to release you to do what I do. And so Jesus is no longer a one-man show. This is when he invites those that have been following, apprenticing with him, to come and not just be with him, but to do what he did. And I love that it starts here with he first just called his disciples to himself. He called them to him. Before he sends them in the following chapters, in the following verses, before he sends them, he calls them to himself. And I see this, again, just having that picture of Hannah at the feet of her master seamstress, that she just called her to be with her in the shop, to come and sit and learn and observe. And I can see Hannah now just sitting there, like literally sometimes sitting at her feet. Just come be with me. Come learn the ways that I do things. Observe, watch, listen. Let's have conversations. Let's, you know, I can answer some of your questions. Let's just do a little life together. And I see Jesus calling his disciples first just to himself, to be with him. And that is how it began, that he wanted them not just to be sent out, but to know him. And they, he knows them by name. He calls them by name. They're called here in pairs, which I think there's got to be something to that. That's interesting that they come kind of in, this, <clears throat> in these duos here. But he sees them, knows them as just real people. These were his friends. Have any of you seen um, the TV series, The Chosen? Have any of you guys been watching that? Oh, it is incredible. If, if, you, if you're worried that it's a little underwhelming, it is not. I've actually been extremely impressed and um, pleasantly surprised. Look up The Chosen TV series. But this just gives such a picture of what it was like to literally walk alongside Jesus the Savior, to be someone who was just hanging out with him as friends, that Jesus called these real live people to himself, and there were many others as well, and he did life with them. And that is kind of just our first call as apprentices. If we are to be apprentices, disciples of Jesus, that is our first call to get to know Jesus, to, like Hannah, sit at his feet, I learned in Guinea that I believe, you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, Tomilayo, but um, in French, like if we were to read 
the Gospels in our French Bibles. If we were in Guinea, I believe that the word disciple would be translated apprenti. So these were truly Jesus's apprentices. And that just gives it a different kind of feel. Like, so the people in Guinea and in West Africa, when they read, oh, Jesus's apprentices, they're thinking of when they sit at the feet of the seamstresses and the master potters and the furniture makers, oh, what is this process of apprenticeship that Jesus is taking them through? So the first call as apprentices is just to know Jesus. So like Hannah, how are we getting to know the master, the master weaver, whatever you want to know about Jesus as the one who is gentle and simple and humble at heart. We sit at his feet, we get to know him. We are his apprentice, getting to know the ways of Jesus. And then we move on to the rest of the passage where I believe Jesus probably a majority of his time spent with these disciples those three years was probably just that first getting to know him, hanging out with him. But he does send them these 12 Jesus sent, and he gives them these instructions, and he basically says, just do what I did. As you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And he gives them those specific instructions about where to go and where not to go, because he just had a very clear purpose and kind of the pathway of, they were first Jerusalem, Judea, and then Samaria, and then the ends of the earth, if you remember that. But he calls them and says, as you go, say what I've been saying. You have gotten to know me as your shepherd, as the master. Now you're actually just going to keep repeating what I've already been saying. So Jesus has been in these first nine chapters announcing the kingdom of heaven has come near. The king is here. When Jesus came on the scene, the king is here. And now that his disciples have spent time with him. They're picking up on his ways. They're picking up on his mannerisms. He says, now you've heard me saying this, the kingdom of God is near. Now go out and just say what I've been saying. Just keep proclaiming the message that I've already been proclaiming. Jesus is releasing them. He is saying, this isn't just me and my one man show anymore. This is actually us doing it together. As an apprentice, we first become like Jesus by sitting with him, and then, or we first get to know Jesus as we observe and listen and watch, as we spend time in our scriptures, as we get to know Jesus in the Gospels. Um, I started, again, I did this last summer, but I started again reading the Gospels in 30 days. Did you know that you can start on a, the first of any month and read three chapters a day of Matthew and then Mark and then Luke and then John back to back, three chapters a day, and you can read through all four Gospels in 30 days. So I started that this month. Paul's doing it too. Um, maybe some of you are as well. And it's just fascinating to know that like there is no end to new discoveries about Jesus reading of his life, four different lenses, these four different writers of the Gospels, reading of it over and over again. Jesus is bewildering and fascinating and beautiful, and there's just always going to be more to know. So we know Jesus, and as we get to know him, we are becoming like him. How many of you know that the people that you spend the most time with, you eventually start to sound like? 
start to look like. Um, Paul and I were with our friends Andre and Piero yesterday, and they were like, you guys look like you could be siblings. <laughs> and it's true, right? T turn and look at the crowd, Paul. No. <laughs> um, it's true. He looks like my actual brother, but he's not. We're not related. Um, <laughs> but we, we not only already looked like each other, but I think we're just starting to sound a lot more like each other. He says, for some unknown reason, he calls Costco the Costco's. Don't know why, but I've started saying the Costco's. I apologize if that's, <laughs> I don't know. But there's things that, as we spend time with the people that we're around the most, like I'm sure you guys, you guys, those of you who have been married for a while, you start to sound a lot like each other. You start to think the same ways. You start to just behave, you know, the same mannerisms, the same habits, even just our friends. So I wonder if, if we were to spend time with Jesus in the way of getting to know him, if somebody would say, huh, you, you're starting to like sound a little like Jesus. You're starting to look a little like Jesus. There's a little, a little more of like Jesus's habits and mannerisms that you're picking up. And becoming like Jesus, the second kind of movement of what our apprenticeship with him is like, this is really just as we are um, being invited into this life with Jesus, it is a continual becoming like him. And there isn't a point that we reach when we're like, like him in perfection, of course. <clears throat> and this is, um, I had a seminary professor who said, this process is one day longer than a lifetime. We will never fully be like Jesus until we meet him face to face. But as we are growing, as we are learning from him, as we are apprenticing in the shop with him and picking up on the ways that he does things, we are becoming more and more and more like him. So thinking, looking, talking like him. So if somebody were to observe your life, would they say, huh, these are the ways that you look and sound a lot like Jesus. And maybe there's ways that we don't quite, and that that is an invitation to us of, all right, how can I pick up more of Jesus' ways in that or in this? So knowing Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and then we get to the good stuff. In the rest of chapter 10, Jesus continues to instruct his disciples. So for 40 verses, he's sending, he's calling his disciples to himself. He's giving them kind of their... You know, I'm sending you out, and this is what it's going to be like. And for 40 chapters, he gives them these instructions. And so I just pulled out a couple from the rest of that passage. He tells them, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I can only imagine the disciples standing around him and being like, oh, no, that's what you do. You cleanse the lepers and you raise the dead and you heal the sick. Like, that's what I've seen you doing these last few years. You want me to do that? You're calling me? You're saying that I'm an apprentice who's actually going to hold the scissors and make the lines and the sewing machines and you're going to give me the material? And Jesus seems pretty confident. Yeah, freely you have received from me. He gave them power and authority in that first verse. He calls them, he 
gives them the power and authority that he had, just as the master sower was beginning to give power and authority to Hannah, okay, you can take the measurements for this one. You can touch the sewing machine for this one. Jesus was handing over a little bit of his power and his authority, authority along the way as these disciples, these apprentices were with him and becoming like him. And now he turns and he says, you've got it. You've got it. And yeah, it'll be messy. And you'll probably fail and you might need to start small. And you might make some funky lines like when you're first learning how to sew, if anybody knows, you are all over the place and it is messy. But I've given you the authority and the power, Jesus says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. And they did it. They went and they did it. And it wasn't because they were special. It was because Jesus had rubbed off on them and he had given them his power freely. I have given to you and now freely pass it on. And it says later in the book of Matthew and also in Luke that they came back from this sending from the towns and the villages that they went to praising God and saying, we did it. We saw demons cast out and we saw the sick raised there the sick healed and the dead raised they saw it they had become like Jesus and now were released to do what Jesus did and if we go back again to that um, last passage I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves and be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves Jesus knew it would be hard it would be intense like Hannah knew her internship, her apprenticeship was intense and hard and there was wisdom required. But then he also says, but don't be anxious. How you are to speak, what you are to say, how you're supposed to do this, don't be anxious. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. How many of you have tried new things with Jesus and he's basically just given you what you needed in that very moment? <laughs> Sarita's nodding her head. Yes, I have experienced that. I have asked the Lord, like, okay, this is going out on a limb. Are you sure about this? And pretty sure his answer is just like, well, just try. Just try. I heard that even this morning. Just try stuff. Just try stuff. And that was kind of the motto in Guinea, actually, for apprenticeship is like, well, you kind of just have to try stuff. How many of you know that we can sit and learn and be in our chairs for, what, 10% of the week, if that? And there is a lot of good wisdom and knowledge and things that we're putting into our heads. But it's not until you're actually, like, trying stuff, doing stuff, that some of it really sinks in. Oh, that's what he meant. Um, the experiential, the tangible, the hands-on. I did several semesters abroad in college because I just wanted to not sit in a classroom. I wanted like the world to be my classroom. And this is certainly Jesus's, like the world is your classroom. You're not just gonna sit and learn and observe and, and listen. I'm actually handing you the materials and you're gonna do it. You're gonna try it. So what have you tried lately? And what are you risking? What might be a brave thing that Jesus is inviting you? Like, hey, you've been with me. You're becoming like me. You know me. And maybe this is an area where you can 
just step out and try something new. Try something with me. What are the materials that he's given you? Maybe he's releasing his authority, his power to you to try something new in the way you're speaking to coworkers or um, serving in a new way. Maybe there's something new that the Father is doing and he's saying, don't be anxious. I'm just inviting you to join me and it'll be messy, but I'll give you what you need when you need it. So the movements of our apprenticeship with Jesus to get to know him, to become like him, I think on the next slide, Drew, and to do what Jesus did. And that's kind of just our life. This is what life in the kingdom of God is like. If we want to see the kingdom of God coming on earth, we want to see miracles. We want to see Jesus breaking in. We want to see transformation. We don't just want to live in our heads and know a lot about Jesus or know a lot about the kingdom. But what does the kingdom look like? In the kingdom, there isn't poverty. And so we are people who break in to the kingdom of God by releasing people from poverty. In the kingdom, there is not suffering, not sickness, not sin. So we are people who pull the kingdom of heaven down a little bit more when we are apprenticing alongside Jesus, doing what he did. And this isn't in a heavy, burdensome, produce, perform, perfect, please kind of way. This is in the gentle way of Jesus, who's like, you've got this, I'm with you. You've spent time with me now, go and do what I do. And this is also a little like our three parts at hope. Connect, grow, and serve. See what I did there? So we love to be a people together who are connecting, who are knowing Jesus, who are knowing one another, connecting with God and with each other, who are growing, who are people going deeper with Jesus, going deeper with each other, and who are serving, who are just doing what Jesus did and knowing that we are fully empowered, fully capable to do that. Another way to describe this would be that we are people who are being formed. We are practicing our formation. We are being formed by Jesus for mission with Jesus. Formation for mission. And you can see kind of the, the cyclical nature of it. There's arrows on the next one. That as we are being formed by Jesus, we inevitably will be on mission with Jesus. That's how it worked for his apprentices. That's how it works for us today. We are being formed and shaped by our time with him and then sent on mission, being sent ones with him. Our formation is for mission. And then as we are on mission with Jesus, as his disciples were like, okay, we'll go try stuff. As they were on mission, they were being formed. We can't really be people who are formed deeply in the ways of Jesus unless we are on mission with him, unless we are being uh, obedient to the call to just try stuff and the free releasing of, all right, trying something new, being sent ones, formation for mission and mission for our further formation. And last picture as we wrap up, this is um, Stephen, the missionary, Hannah's dad. They 
took on this idea of apprentice and they began inviting interns from colleges in the US to Guinea to apprentice with them and to walk Conakry, Guinea, um, prayer walk and literally just walk as Jesus did and pray for people as they went. I think in this picture they're actually on their way to um, there was a huge cross nearby and they went and they picked it up and literally carried their cross and it was kind of symbolic and they did a lot of like experiential, experimental, tangible, practical things. What is it what does it look like to walk in the way of Jesus in Guinea? How can I continue to know Jesus, become like Jesus, do what Jesus did? And they did this for a summer in West Africa. We get to do it in New York City for the dailiness of our lives here, that we are continually apprentices of Jesus. So what is it of those three that you might be invited into more deeply today? to know Jesus, to become like him, to pick up some of his ways, to do what he did, to go on a limb, maybe try something new, hear his, his gentle, kind voice saying, hey, just try this, just try that. Do something new, take a risk. So as we close, I would love to bless you with a blessing I wrote for the sent ones. I read this last Sunday as well, but it is worth sending us out again into our Monday. So I would actually invite you to stand up. Um, I believe we'll have one more song with Solomon as well afterwards. But this isn't just a, missionary, a blessing for missionaries, um, if you think of that in maybe a, an international sense. But this is a blessing for every one of us who's being sent into our various workplaces this week, into schools, into um, being moms and dads at home. A blessing for the sent ones, and for myself included. We send you to be bridge builders on this path of reconciliation. We send you to partner with Jesus in the weighty work of redemption. We send you as faithful stewards of your own unique vocation. We send you with friends who will join hands in the long collaboration. We send you to build wells that won't run dry. We send you to speak words that bring the dead to life. We send you with power in your hands to heal. We send you with hope in your hearts to persevere. So Hope Midtown, go with passion, go with grace, go in power, go in peace, go the distance, go the long way, go together, go today. And now friends, may the peace of Christ dwell here below, may the joy of the Spirit well up and overflow, may the love of the Father stretch wider than you now know. And may the presence of the triune God carry you as you go.